0: You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal L.A. Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right, all right, all right. Hey, everyone. Uh, good evening. Uh, it is uh, really encouraging for me to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, excited here. <clears throat> I got a free book to go with it. I don't know if... You've gotten a free book, but sorry, I did. Um, maybe I have to turn it back, but anyway. Uh, I hope you've had a good week so far. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's encouraging when you're able to kind of slow down and just kind of think about all the things God has done for you. And uh, even today, if we really start thinking about what God has done for you, we can find all kinds of things that God has done for us, right? God is uh, a perfect father. He's the perfect father. He provides all the time for us. Uh, I'm grateful that he's he's mindful of me even when I'm not mindful of him. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'm really excited uh, for this topic here. Uh, But before we get started, uh, I want to share a little bit about myself. And so uh, my wife and I, we've uh, had the opportunity to lead uh, youth ministry uh, for youth and family ministry for about 10 years. And we really had a great time there. And uh, one of the best memories uh, of our lives, I know some of you guys were uh, our teens back in the day. And uh, uh, it was so encouraging. Those are the times that where God just uh, gave us so much faith. Uh, And so much hope and so many great, uh, great experiences. Uh, That's where I learned family. Uh, I am uh, the son of a single mom. And so I didn't really know what family was. Uh, And so coming into the church and being around families, you kind of realize, wow, my life is, was not normal. This is not the way it was supposed to be. And so God used that time for, for a lot of healing um, and in the last eight months, uh, God has called us to serve in Spanish ministry here in the Coastal L.A. And so uh, we're grateful. We're grateful for that. And so I am a self-appointed ambassador for Spanish ministry. So bear with me because I have an obligation in my Jesus contract uh, to explain at least everywhere I go why we need Spanish ministry in the U.S. So bear with me. Uh, some of you guys are like, not again. Um, well, we're just waiting for you to join. That's why we're doing it again. Uh, so our ministry is called El Mensaje, uh, which means the message. You know, there are 60 million people who speak a language other than English at home here in the United States. Almost two-thirds of those 60 million, 37.6 million, are Spanish speakers. This places the U.S. as the fifth largest Spanish-speaking country in the world, Mexico, Spain. Colombia, Argentina, and then the US. This is actually outdated. There's been more studies in the last two years where the United States is now the second Spanish-speaking country in the world behind Mexico. And there's so many Mexicans, they'll always be first, at least there, right? <laughs> I'm Mexican, so I can say that. <coughs> um, that's 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 crazy. Uh, and so, Obviously corporations understand that so what do they do they start investing in their audience their spanish-speaking audience uh, And so even now right you wherever you work uh, In fact in, in job interviews one of the questions is probably do you speak Spanish? We need someone that's bilingual why because the language is so important obviously So what does that mean for our fellowship of churches? I am one of nine full time ministers for Spanish ministry in the entire United States of our fellowship of churches. There's only nine, nine of us. Six of us are in LA, there's one in Chicago, and there's two in Boston. We lost our minister in Denver and in Miami. So, what does that mean for Spanish speakers? that they are not making our church their home. Corporations have understood the need for Spanish, but sometimes we're a little slow at this, right? Well, the question is why? Well, there's confusion. Why we need Spanish ministry? The confusion is that we can think culture. We can think race. No one wants to divide the church because of race Or culture. That's like where we came from, some of us. Why would we go back to that? But it's not a division or a separation. It's just a focus not on race or culture, but on language. So there's a confusion, right? There's few leaders that speak Spanish or few leaders that want to go lead in Spanish ministry. And we keep evaluating the wrong need. For example, I could say here, well, how many of you need a Spanish ministry? Maybe a few of you would share, raise your hands. See, we don't need a Spanish ministry because most of us are doing okay here in the English ministry because we keep evaluating within the church. But the question should be evaluating outside of the church. Who's not coming into the church because of language? And so we keep evaluating the wrong thing. Another need is why, why, why we lost Denver and Miami. How come all these different changes don't make? Because bilingual disciples choose not to go to Spanish ministry. And so what you can do in Spanish ministry, no one can do. What you can do where you are in English ministry, there's like 10 other people that can do. And so the lack of bilingual disciples affects the growth of Spanish ministry. And bad experiences are more memorable than good experiences. And so if there was a planting of a Spanish ministry and things went really bad and they, you know, just bad examples, they didn't take care of it, they they weren't excellent, they weren't integrable, you remember the bad experiences more than the good experiences, right? And so here's why there's only nine, nine of us. I got this from Turnwall. Where's Turnwall? He's back there. And so he runs our, our, our website there in the, in the uh, LA Church of Christ, LAICC.net, and he sent this to me. What this says is pretty remarkable. Here's people that are looking, They go online to look for a home church, Right? 12% of the people are lo- that go on the website are looking for an English-speaking church. 50 percent of the people go on the website are looking for a Spanish ministry. People want to hear the Word of God in their own language. But at times, we are not thinking about what others need. We keep thinking about what we need. The Bible is very clear that language is important. At the beginning of the church, as the Spirit descends on the apostles and they start preaching the Word of God... The Spirit enables them to speak languages. And look what it says here in the yellow. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And how easy that each one hears them in their own native language. It was important for the Holy Spirit to preach the word in every language. It must be important to us. I love our church. The church has raised me. This is where I've known family. Here's the, the people in this church laid down their lives to go pick me up and take me to Bible studies and encourage me and serve me. I was like the super timid disciple there in the campus ministry. Everybody thought I was struggling. And I was. And I feel judged. But I'm so grateful for all the brothers and sisters who have laid down their lives for me. And so we feel an obligation to serve in Spanish ministry because this is where we can make the greater impact in our lives. So it's our hope to spend the rest of our life building Spanish ministry in the U.S. But we're still in a room without a few, so perhaps the Lord is tugging at your heart. So that's who we are. Uh, Let's pray and get into our lesson. Now that my contract is is done right there, I fulfilled my contract. Father in heaven... (coughs) I pray, God, that your spirit would encourage and strengthen us. Father, we want to love you. We want to know you. Father, uh, we, we don't want to be uh, lukewarm. Father, we, we don't want to be uh, weary. Uh, Father, and yet it be, it's so easy. Uh, Father, for just eight hours of our day around all kinds of things can just kind of drain us. I'm so grateful to look around the room and see so many that are investing in their spirituality and investing in the singles ministry. I pray that this lesson refreshes our hearts and that we get to see you more and more. We love you. Pray this in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So authentic to be accepted. That is the chapter here that we're going to be uh, be studying out. So. I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have to ask, I have to ask, all right? I already feel uncomfortable keeping you accountable, uh, but uh, how's it going? Are you reading the book? Yes? Yes? Can someone share, uh, maybe two or three people can share, what, what, what's standing out from, the, from this class, from this book? What are you learning? What's inspired you so far from this book? And I'll step back for awkward silence. You said you were reading it. I like how the book feels. It's pretty soft. Don't like the color. All right, so we're not reading. Oh, here we go. Okay- Great. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes? Yep Yeah. Great. Sure. Sure. Great. One more, here we go.
1: It's a guy, yeah. Sure.
0: It's great. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. You know, just just to encourage you, it's actually really easy and simple read. Like it doesn't take you all over the place and you kinda are like, What is he talking about? Uh, it's actually really easy to understand, very practical. It gives you great insights into scriptures that you can think of maybe in, perhaps in a new, in a new way. And so, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it, uh, so far. And so, authentic to be accepted is the chapter here, uh, we're covering, uh, today. So I want to start off with the scripture here. Now, I want to let you know, I would encourage you to read this chapter in order for this lesson today to be complete. And so I'm giving this lesson, this study, assuming you're going to read it or you've read it, so that you can read it and then take the notes from today and perhaps have a com- more complete piece to this study. Does that make sense? That's, that's really important. And so my lesson is just sort of 50% of this topic. I think he does a great job with the other 50% of this topic. I just want to introduce another new idea that I feel completes what it means to be authentic. And hopefully that made sense. 1 Samuel 16, 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. For the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. Is that true? But the Lord looks at the heart. I mean, you know, if the guys are out playing pickup ball there and uh, it's time to pick teams, you're not looking for the heart. You know what I mean? You're looking for talent. You're looking for skill. You're looking for outward appearance. You know I mean, you're gonna play in those shoes? I'm not picking you. <laughs> Jeans, really? Come on, bro. And so naturally, we all look. At the outward appearance only. We should care a little bit about our outward appearance. Not too much, but a little bit. But God, it's cool. It's cool that God cares and He looks at our heart. Now I want you to think about that for a second. All day long, God has been looking at your heart. All day long, God's been weighing the the motives and the intentions of your heart. God has been listening to the longings and the needs of your heart. Every time you get that memory, there's bitter thoughts, or that that perhaps there's been a a challenge in your past, or you're you're mourning something. God's there. He's familiar with your ways. Isn't that cool? God's just present in our lives. He's looking at our heart all day long. And then Jesus says this, and this is what the the whole study of this book is about. Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart. (laughs) Look at this promise. For they will see God. So how important is it to have a pure heart? What's at stake? Whether you will see God or not. And to me, this means when we're pure at heart, we see God. Now we see God today. We see God living and active in our lives now, or you have, kind of have one of those moments and you kind of look back. You're like, man, God has been so good to me. You know, I have, uh, we have two sons, Tina and I five-year-old and a three-year-old, so I look tired because I am. And they're just getting so big, my little blacksickens. It's just funny. You know what I mean? I'm so conscious of them because everyone looks at the outward appearance. What does that mean? Because when I'm walking with them, everyone's looking at me like, is he stealing these kids? Or like. <laughs> Is he the babysitter like? And then they say daddy and they're like, huh? That's a good guy. He adopted. (laughs) And so just people look at the outward appearance. What can I say? And so. I've been able to look back and see, man, I don't deserve these kids. You see, years ago in high school. I had, a, I had an impure relationship where I got my girlfriend pregnant and I made the decision for us to get an abortion. And so to look back and see who am I to, to be able to be a father to these kids. Who am I? My kids were literally born across the street, Long Beach Memorial Hospital, across the street where I paid $350 to have an abortion for my girlfriend. Literally across the street light and darkness right there and so you look back you're like man god is good and so to have a pure heart it's important to god because what god wants you to see him working in your life he it's important to him for you to see how much he loves you how much he defends you How much He still believes in you. That He knows all things and He still wants to have a relationship with you. If our boss knew everything about us, would He still hire us? I don't know. But God still wants to have a relationship with us. That's awesome. It's important for us to see God working now. And obviously, this could also mean, and I think it does, to be able to see God ultimately in, our, in the next stage of our existence there, in eternity with God. So how important is having a pure heart to God? But the question is, how important is having a pure heart to you? And so in the next few minutes here, we're going to try and find out what it means to have a pure heart, because that's important, right? 50% of the answer will be in this chapter. The other 50% here, I'm going to give it a shot. All right? The word pure means two things, and I got this definition from the book that you should read. One means unmixed, that no bad ingredients are there. No bad ingredients are there. Two, that you're sincere. Sincerity is the opposite of hypocrisy. There's no act. There's no show. So to have up your heart, it means that there's no bad ingredients in your heart. No bad attitudes. No hidden sins. And that you're not pretending to be someone you're not. That you're not displaying strengths when you're actually weak. And so pure means those two things. It makes This is a quote from the book. We struggle with authenticity because we fear rejection. I've been preaching a lot in Spanish, so my accent is going to come out even more. Okay? So bear with my Spanglish. We struggle with this because we fear rejection. Is this true? Yeah. But rejection from who? From people. Pure heart means I want to be accepted by God. So our fear should be towards God, not people. So what keeps us from being vulnerable, from being real, for being authentic is the fear of being rejected by another person who's probably going to relate to you and encourage you. Like it makes no sense. Think about who your closest friends are in the church. Are they not the people that you have confessed sin back and forth with each other? And so that level of vulnerability brings this cool unity, this brotherhood, this sisterhood, this genuine friendship. And yet we can resist being authentic. What's wrong with us, right? Like, I'm preaching to me, by the way. What's wrong with Martin or Martin? And so here's a little clip uh, about false advertising. We all hate false advertising, right? But sometimes we can advertise ourselves falsely. And so here's a little clip, and we'll add to our lesson here today. Can you turn it up? Sorry, let's start over here. Nope, can you turn it up? I think it's muted on this. Yeah, we tried it earlier and it worked. There it is. We planned that to wake you up. Good job, bro. A message from the false advertising industry.
1: I'd like to say that uh, creating the natural label is an art, Uh, but it's not. (laughs) It's just not. Your product may contain uh, growth hormones and antibiotics. Just throw that word natural on there. Maybe add a picture of a barn. (laughs) By adding natural to your package, you increase purchase intent and then people think you're just as healthy as organic. We pride ourselves on this kind of confusion. Your product may be uh, very heavily processed, but, (gasps) what a barn, (gasps) it works every time. There are those who may question the effectiveness of the natural label. Believe me, we tested more truthful alternatives, right? Nobody wants to buy chips that are kind of natural. Yogurt with one thing natural. 10% natural salad dressing. Made with partially natural stuff. Not a fact that, but all the work that we did do wasn't a complete waste of time because we were able to come up with some very powerful modifiers. All natural. And his big brother, 100% natural. And now, we're, we're, uh, we're coming up with ways to make 100% natural. Uh, a little better, we're taking it to a whole another level. Scientists were recently able to take the, uh, the genes from bug killing bacteria and uh, cross them with the, the genes of corn to make the corn pest resistant. It's true. Totally true. You can Google it. I know some people are like, ah, that is disgusting. How dare, what on? oh. They think it's unnatural well, right now it 's on the shelves as one hundred percent natural so but uh, if you ask me uh, by genetically combining two organisms that 's two hundred percent natural. <laughs> Food companies come in here and they think they have all sorts of problematic issues right they 're worried that their product is so processed that it bears no resemblance to anything actually found in nature right it 's full of hormones or chemicals or ingredients that uh, nobody can pronounce, not even them, I love to see the look on their face. When I tell them, hey, you know what? None of that matters. The FDA has said that we can put the natural label on pretty much anything. Uh, Although my favorite part is uh, when I show them what their packaging will look like with the natural label. I love helping people. It makes me feel like we're a non-profit, only totally for profit. Money, money, money. But helping is the best. That's the the best part.
0: Now we're struggling because we just had something today that said the word "natural" and it's not. And so, you know, but sometimes we can be this way, right? Because we we it, false advertising really bothers us. Uh, you know, here's one, right? And so there's this advertisement of the, who's a dog person right here. You know, so you look at these packages. Look at the faces of these puppies, these dogs. They're so happy. The reality, though, uh, it's, a little, it's a little different. You know what I mean? They don't look as excited as the bag uh, right there. False advertising is all around, and to you and I, it bothers us. We lose respect for those companies, right? We feel like it's unethical. It bothers we 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 stop purchasing those products. But what about us? Are you really who you're advertised to be? Are you who you're advertising yourself to be? It's easy for me as a fifteen year old Christian to advertise myself in a way where maybe that's not where my heart is right and so all of us wrestle with this where we want to falsely advertise ourselves because we want to be accepted or we're lazy minded i don't really want to tell you what happened because i gotta go but you go home and watch tv for like 40 minutes like you could have just had that conversation. Because it's important to God that your heart is pure. So it should be important to you. Right? Bless are the pure in heart, for they will see God. As Christians, we've got to be intentional and committed to make sure that our heart is pure. Why? So we can see God working now. And that we can see God working one day. In Matthew 23, verse 5. Let me get out of here. It says, everything they do is done for people to see. Jesus talking about the Pharisees. They make it their English, second language. To this day, I can't say that word. It says, wide and their tessels on their garments long. So it's incredible to see that these guys, they took something that God said in the Old Testament, and they dressed themselves on the outward appearance. And it says that everything they do is done for people to see. For you and I, for our generation of the selfie, this is a struggle. Because it's so easy for us, and it talks a little bit about the book. It doesn't condemn social media, but it says, hey, you got to be careful here. Hashtag see me. <laughs> and because we want, you know, people to see us. You know, some of us know exactly what's the most likes we've gotten on a post. We know exactly. Some of us check two or three times. Man, only seven? Come on, man, where are my followers? The point is, it's easy to be consumed with self. So you've got to be careful because you're just so focused on what you do. No focus on how you're you're doing. So what does that mean? You could easily be adding bad ingredients to your heart. Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You're saying the right things, but what I want is your heart. Because if you have a pure heart, you will see who I am. You will see how much I love you. You will see why I want you to do what I want you to do. And you will do it. There's the opposite of sincerity is hypocrisy. We've got to be careful with our words. We need to invest time in making sure that our hearts are pure. And so the question here is, what's more important, what's on the inside or what's on the outside? And this is probably more me. You can read the other 50% there on the book. Because I think when you read a book like this, it's really helpful, but it's easy to be left off feeling like what's important is just your heart and what you feel. And that can take you to another dark place because you're just following what you feel. And so sometimes we can read scriptures like that and say, well, the outside is not important. All that matters is what's in the inside. And that's not really what Jesus said. In Matthew 6, 1, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So is God expecting you to practice righteousness? Yes! Yes! Are those actions? Yes! So my point is, let's not fall into the trap that having a pure heart just means inward. It has to mean inward and outward. Matthew 5, 20, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So according to Jesus... The Pharisees were righteous in their outward deeds. But inward, he said, no, you guys are dead inside. So we read that and we say, all that matters is what's inside. And I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I think he's saying, what matters, to have up your heart, is what matters, what's inside and what you do outside. Right? Right. And so it's easy to misunderstand being pure in heart. What you say or how you say it. My wife and I, our second year of marriage was the worst year of our lives. We hated each other. We were in the ministry. And we had a terrible marriage our second year. It was bad. So I'm going to tell you her sin. I asked her for permission. So she would say the right thing to me with a really bad tone. So what she said was right, but really loud and disrespectful. So the question is, does that make her having a pure heart? Because she means well, but she says it like she hates me. Right? So for me, what you say or what you do, I would say, sure, you know, I'll stop using the credit card. And then I would use the credit card. Sure, I'll fix this in the car, and then I would not do it. I meant to do it. I meant well, but then I didn't do it. And so it created struggle. It created insecurity for her. And so we were in this cycle There was a lot more sin, but I'm generalizing here. We were in this cycle where we just didn't get along. Because why? We didn't have pure hearts before God. Because we were just focused on one aspect, not the entire aspect. Are you with me right here? I think it's important for us to not fall into this trap of, it's just what you mean. If your heart's not into it, you shouldn't do it. Then why did Jesus say, deny yourself? and carry your cross, and follow me. Because if it's true that if it's not in your heart you shouldn't do it, then none of us would have become disciples because it wasn't in our heart. Jesus had to say, deny yourself. Have a change of heart. Moses didn't want to go into the Egypt and rescue people. That wasn't in his heart. And when he's in Egypt, he's like, give me a sign that you're with me. I'll give you a sign, God says. When you leave Egypt and you go into the desert, you're going to see the sign. what And sometimes we misunderstand what God says and we start twisting scriptures without knowing it thinking we have a pure heart but we're actually manipulating truth to satisfy our own desires And we get challenged a little bit and all you have to say is you're being legalistic and you're you're, you're free and so we got to be careful that we become a more mature, and I'm preaching to me, to make sure we understand what it means to have a pure heart. So when my wife understood it's just as important what I mean to say and how I say it, it really changed things. And when I had to understand what I say I'm going to do, I need to do, it really changed things. To be pure in heart, the inside and the outside must match. The inside is where you want to start. But the inside, the pure heart, should change the outside deed. Right? And this is all over the scriptures. Jesus is both Messiah and Lord. He's Savior and your Master. The inside and the outside. Jesus is full of grace and truth, the inside and the outside. Faith and deeds, the inside and the outside. And so it's a challenge when we fall again into this trap. It's just what I feel. And so we got to be careful. Your heart is absolutely important, but part of having a... Pure heart and seeing God is then taking action and doing those things. Amen. So in closing here, I want to encourage you to learn more about how to to match the inside and the outside in order for you to continue to grow. For us to continue to grow and having a pure heart, I would say read the book of James. The book of James is a great balance. If James were a preacher today, he would not have a high attendance in his church. He probably wouldn't make it as a minister in our generation. The things that he says are like, yes, straight to the point. Cuts to the heart. Tells you this is what it is. And so we got to be able to read the book of James. I would encourage you to be, pray, think, and be. What do I mean by that? We still haven't opened the Bible, so let's go there. We read scriptures on the screen, so let's go to Philippians chapter 4 in verse 4 Philippians 4 verse 4 again my lesson is 50% the book is the other 50% the goal is for you to have a pure heart so you can see God now and on that great day verse 4 rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice look what this says Let your gentleness be evident to all. Is that being a Pharisee and displaying? No, because you should do it with a good heart, but you should still let your gentleness be evident to all. Well, my heart's not there, so I'm not going to be gentle today. No. Don't misunderstand that. It says the Lord is near. God's watching our heart. Be encouraged. He doesn't condemn. He saves Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I want to encourage us to pray. God, give me a pure heart. God, give me a pure heart. I want to see you working in my school, in my job, in my life, in my character, in my family. I want to see you work. Give me a pure heart so I can see you. Perhaps you want to pray, do whatever it takes to give me a pure heart. That's a scary prayer. So you pray and then you think. What does that mean? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In the Eastern world, meditation means you, you take thoughts out. Clear your mind. Empty your mind. In the biblical sense of meditation is you you actually think. And you think about these things. And so be, pray, and think. Invest things that are going to help you have a pure heart. Think about these things so you can have a pure heart. And then what? Be. Finally, brothers, oh, sorry. uh, Verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, inside and outside, put in the practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And that's my whole point. We can read a topic like this and leave Levi, it just matters what's inside. But that's not the complete message, I think, to have a pure heart. Paul says right here, you see these things, now put them into practice. But what if my heart's not there? There's a time in our Christianity where all all we have to do things is out of obligation. And that's okay. It's okay to do things as a Christian purely out of obligation. But that's, my heart's not in it. But aren't you obligated to be faithful to God? Now you want to have a heart change quick. If you just walk around, I'm just obligated. I'm just obligated. You don't want to live there. But sometimes we do things purely out of obligation. That's okay. Because if you hold to the teaching, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So when you do things out of obligation, you hold things. It usually changes your heart. You realize, hmm, this is works. Thank you, God. And then you give yourself credit. I'm just kidding. So, it's just a challenge when when I see younger brothers and sisters in the faith not do things out of obligation and just throw the card Well, my heart's not in it. Oh, I don't think that's what God intended there. Our heart should be in it, but sometimes doing it gets our heart into it. What did God say to Moses? When you go, you'll see. like it's it's just what happens in the scriptures and so we should imitate that amen finally share the details be authentic share the details of your heart don't just share what happened share the details ask for details when you're being vulnerable with one another that really helps you're able to pray specifically you're able to really Spur one another on. You're able to carry each other's burdens. All those different things when you know the details. But if you share your heart by simply saying, well, I fell into, I struggled with, but there's no details. You're not going to get detailed help. So be authentic so you can be accepted. Amen? So I'll leave you with these questions here. Very simple, and if you could just turn with a little group there of two or three people, uh, and I'll just give you here, it's 8.30, so let's just take 10 minutes, uh, okay? Maybe group of three, uh, and just share these three uh, questions there and answers uh, with each other. Uh, amen? I'm going to say a prayer for us. Let's take 10 minutes, and then uh, after that, someone will come up and say, okay, 10 minutes are up and let's have some great fellowship here tonight. Amen? Let's pray. Father, help us to really pursue having a pure heart. We know that when we make small efforts, you meet us there and you take us all the way. And God, thank you that you fought to have a pure heart for us as you endured the cross. And God, thank you that you care for our hearts because you want us to see... How much you love us, God. Help us that on the inside and the outside, we have a pure heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's great being with you guys. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.